are here at the National Agriculture Research Organization, most of you call it NARO. You may wonder where I am. This is a screen house or a greenhouse where the researchers are planting beans. Now, we chose to be here because, uh, you know, it is the off season for, for beans, but we know the season for planting beans is just about a month or two away. The season starts in March. So we want to take you through the process of preparing your land ready to plant beans in March. And with me on the show today is Dr. Stanley Nkalubo. He will be taking us through the process of preparing your land so that you are quite ready when the season opens in March. Welcome to the Harvest Money Show. I am your host, Jackie Chan. Let's get this show started. When it comes to issues of beans, you go nowhere but look for this, you know, gentleman, Dr. Stanley Nkalubo, who I've actually been trying to talk to much earlier, and he was telling me some interesting things about beans. And I want you to just hear a little bit of the history of beans and what kind of seeds we have in the country before we dive into the issue of land preparation for the new season of bean planting, get to know how to choose the best uh, seeds for your, your, for your beans, which you want to, you know, plant in the new season and also get to know how to manage your crops. So without wasting time, let's talk about the history of beans in this country and the kind of seeds we have, whether they're original or not. But the doctor has told me some interesting things that I'm sure he'll be sharing with you very shortly. So doctor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jackie. You told me something interesting about the history of beans. I actually thought forever we've had beans it's our thing and you're telling me it's not our beans so i'm quite shocked <laughs> so yeah. what is the history of beans uh, in this country yeah thank you jackie um uh, actually uh, beans is a foreign crop to this country uh, uh we've been growing beans as beans uh, since the 1920 which is uh, about 80 plus 20 is about 100 years mm -hmm. right now in the mm -hmm. country mm -hmm. beans originated from uh, Latin America really but they came to Africa or East Africa through the Portuguese trade mm. which happened around the 16 AD 1600s mm. you know but as these guys were trading they used to carry along food that could last them mm. a while mm. in you know so uh, things like beans maize are some of the things that they carried along and as they exchanged gifts and uh, you know with our, our, our rulers here uh, beans was one of the food possible that was exchanged mm. and and to call it actually as a crop it was identified around the Kampala region in the early 1920s mm. and, and 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 that is when really the, the Department of Agriculture by then took them on as a real crop and research on beans started around the early 1960s mm. okay and that's when the first varieties uh, came through um, uh, and and then in the 1970s, we continue with the release of the K20, famously known as Nambale. Mm. Why is it called Nambale? It was grown on a station which is in the Busoga region called Nambale. And whenever these researchers could take it to the field, the farmers would identify it as a variety, bean variety, 
brought by the Nambale people into the field. And that's why it got the Nambale name. And that was the K20, which is a red motor, which is the most famous variety that has been grown in Uganda. And from then on, because of the like of that variety, we've changed those beans over several period of time mm. but we still maintain the red motor because it's a preferred trait on the market mm. and preferred consumption trait by the farmers in Uganda because of the war mm. uh, from the 79 mm. to about 1986 there wasn't a lot of research on beans okay. and uh, it means the farmers then had to rely on those varieties or those lines that were really within the communities. Interesting. When yeah. you tell me that history, all my childhood, you know, you know, knowledge and dreams is just gone like that, which is not a sad thing. It's just interesting that I've gotten to know something different and yeah. from maybe today on life will be different when I think about beans. And you talk about the, 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 the seeds, the, the breeds we have. How many do we have? When you talk, I feel like there are so many. They are numerous. Yes, they are, they are numerous uh, because of several reasons. Mm -hmm. But after the 1986 research was and breeding was restarted. And from then to now, we've raised over close to 40-something varieties mm -hmm. uh, that are popular within the market that are being consumed through this country. Mm -hmm. uh, we in Uganda here, uh, because of our preferences, are very choosy and picky. Mm -hmm. Unlike our um, partners in the developed countries who really love the black beans or one particular bean at a time, mm -hmm. Uh, because of their market uh, preferences. Mm -hmm. For us here, we choose beans depending on taste, depending on color, depending on so many things, depending on cookability, depending on, you know. Mm -hmm. so, so we release beans depending on uh, most of those traits that we see uh, 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 farmers and consumers uh, prefer. Uh, really, when you go to the northern part of the country, mm -hmm. people love the black beans but not elsewhere, and possibly in the southwestern part of the country, mm -hmm. but not where anywhere else in the central. Central, you wouldn't go with the black beans. Why? Mm -hmm. The only reason is they make their soup black, okay? And that dance augurs well with the cookability, where people see this as a burnt food, okay? Mm -hmm. So they don't do black beans, but they do the red motor, they do the yellows, they do, you know, um, uh, the greens now coming into play and, and many others. Mm -hmm. So we release beans because of those preferences mm -hmm. and also because of the suitability. For example, yellow beans mm -hmm. uh, do well mostly in the south, um, in the western part of the country. Right. Yes, we try to grow them within the different regions, but you won't have as much, as good the potential as it is in the western part of the country. Mm. Okay? Mm. So, so really, uh, already that tells you that uh, within the country you can't have one variety. And currently we have um, close to 40 bean varieties released. Mm. Some may not be um, as taken up as, mm. as the others, mm. but that is what it is. Mm. You know, you can't have all the beans, all the different numerous beans in the same quantities within the different regions of mm. the country. Yeah. We want to talk about preparing our land for, you know, planting. Because the planting season is not so far away. The Christmas festive season is done with. People are going back to default setting. Most of us are farmers. Maybe the mind is now shifted that, okay, now we need to go back to the farms 
and do the, the farming mm. and make more, more money for the next festive season. So, I wanted us, I wanted you to talk about land for bean farming, which is the correct land, first of all, for bean, you know, growing in the country. Can we grow beans in any kind of land? Is it possible? Or is this, there is some preferred type of land? Um, uh, basically, uh, uh, beans uh, can grow almost on all types of soils, if I may say that, okay? Because soils are on different lands, okay? But we need to select our soils and land areas carefully, okay? Beans don't like mushy soils or where there is a lot of water or where water stands for a long time, okay? If if you grew a crop and you had a flood for a day, be sure to lose your crop. So, so when selecting land, be sure to have land that can drain easily, uh, land that is not on a very steep slope, okay? Land that is not, doesn't have uh, stones, you know, uh, rocks and stones, in the, you know. So, uh, or lands that is crowded under very huge trees, because when, when you have a lot of shed, it means the light won't go through to the ground for these uh, uh, beans to be able to exploit the sun and make food. Okay, so the land might be uh, should be a land that is possibly clear of forestry, of trees, too sh too much shed, um, not on very steep slope, and away from marshy water. I mean, um, uh, waters where waters can easily flood, or that has a lot of stones, because these stones then will cover up the, the, the seed as you, you plant it mm. and the beans won't germinate properly. So so really select soils that are free from any of those mm. uh, things I've talked about. Mm. Okay, Any other soils, they can do well. Although they shouldn't be clay, heavy clay soils. Why not? Uh, the clay soils have a tendency of being too heavy and clogging the plants uh, such that, you know, the capacity to absorb water and to hold on to when there is no water is uh, also a problem. So the beans then have to fight between uh, trying to extract water from the clay and also when the clay dries up, then the reverse happens. So there is, uh, the soil may crack and, you know, you might not get a good yield mm. or eventually you may not get yield at all. So the soils at least have to have about 30% clay at most, mm. uh, not more than that, you know. Uh, sandy soils, uh, not too much sand, possibly 60% is good enough, not more than 60%. And when we have sandy soils, then we specifically have to start looking out for varieties that do well, possibly in sandy soil, or in areas that uh, don't hold a lot of water. And we've developed varieties that uh, do well in uh, drought areas, so we think uh, when you have sandy soils, you have to look at those, those particular varieties. Two, why not sandy soil is that when the plant grows, okay, it puts on pods, mm. and those pods are heavy, 
okay? And if you're in sandy soil and you're growing a heavy plant, okay, it may not hold and it lodges. So you lose, may lose the crop or you may lose the seed, mm. you know, and that is detrimental to uh, your yields or to what you wanted to have, okay? So land or site selection is critical, really, okay? And, and then after selecting the land, you've identified a good portion of land. Uh, at this time, it's really time in to go in and do now the first uh, preparations. If there are bush or, or, or tall trees or, or shrubs, then it's time to cut them down. But also, uh, they tell us to do a bit of soil test if we can. Mm. Or there are farmers who really know their soils. Be, please don't grow beans where they are, the soils are too fertile. <laughs> okay? <Why not? laughs> That's strange. <laughs> now, when the soils are too fertile, the, 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 the crop will go into what we call as luxurious consumption. Okay? What does that mean? It means, have you, do you know of children that are, are, are born in families where they have everything? There is a lot of food. It does not think about the next generation. And when that food starts to subsidize, by the time it starts thinking of creating flowers and, you know, it's time up for the crop because it has a maximum lifetime. Okay, of say 60 days, 70 days, or 80 days. Okay, so when, when the soil is so fertile, it goes into luxurious consumption and it will bring a lot of leaves. Mm. You see a very good uh, a crop that is vegetatively growing very well, but it eventually doesn't put on flowers. Right. Or if you are told it puts on just a few flowers as it, it, it senses or it dies, and eventually you lose out. So Please, as you look for soils, don't look for soils that have been in forest, forest reserve for so long because now there's a lot of nutrients. You'd rather grow cassava there or, or maize there first before you grow the beans, okay? So that you reduce on the fertility. Also, when you are fertilizing, if the soils are so poor, don't put in a lot of fertilizers, okay? Um, uh, as I said, if you haven't done a soil test, it becomes hard to gauge. But if you know your soils, are the, you look at the crop that was there before, how did it perform? Mm. It performed excellently well, then possibly the soils, the, the fertility is enough for the beans, to, you know, uh, to continue with, with the next, I mean, uh, to utilize. If the crop was fairly fair or bad, then you may think, or you may know that I need to add a little bit of fertilizers here. And for beans, we recommend about, or if you're using um, NPK or DAP, we recommend about 50 kilograms per hectare. That's about 25 kilograms per acre or thereabout, okay, uh, for you to supplement your crop. And that should be a one-time application at, at, at planting. It's normally enough, okay? But if you have grown your bean and you realize that, oh, at a, about um, the vegetative stage, you realize, oh, the beans don't grow in crops, yellowing, then you should either opt for a nitrogen-based fertilizer, normally urea. If it's a little bit late, then you go in for a foliar fertilizer to boost up the, 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 the crop. Mm. But 
please select, because you're looking at land, uh, select areas that are not too fertile for the beans, otherwise we're going to luxurious consumption. Interesting. And uh, you, you did mention something about uh, crop testing. Uh, I just want soil to testing. talk about, I mean, soil testing. I want you to talk about it because maybe some people can afford it. What, what does it involve? Um, uh, normally, uh, at the moment, uh, we have only a few labs that do soil testing. But I know, understand, there are quite a number of uh, what we call farm clinics that have uh, access to soil kits. Okay, so there are the soil kits that are may be available at uh, local government uh, uh, places uh, where agriculture uh, extension officers can come up and help the farmers. Alternatively, uh, farmers can sample their soils and send them to a laboratory where they can do a soil analysis and you get feedback. But in most cases, farmers don't know how to do soil sampling. So they can either call extension agents or they can refer to the National Agriculture Organization um, the staff who are within and help. Alternatively, uh, I don't really want to get into the soil sample because it, it's a little bit of a t technical issue because you need to first look at the, uh, the field really ascertain where there are differences and, and uh, similarities and take samples, multiple samples from places that are uniform, okay? You take multiple samples, put them together, uh, do a soil sample, or mix them together so that you can have a uniform um, uh, uh, homogeneity of those soils because you take samples within a uniform sample. And then, because you said we've divided our field in sections that are similar, Okay, and then go into the other section and also take samples there. So we have now two samples from seemingly same field portions. Okay. So, so you will have two samples taken out and sent for analysis. So when that analysis comes, of course you've labeled your samples. So okay, this is a sample that came from here. So you know this area where we, we demarcated, which looks similar, has these nutrients and this area has these nutrients, okay? And you may apply now uh, the deficient nutrients within the, that, uh, the, the different localities. So now okay. I'm interested in this soil. <laughs> you need to show us what soil this is so that we have a, a real example. Uh, this, <laughs> although it's, it's waterlogged, yeah. but this is a, a, loam, a loam soil, Okay. okay. When you touch it, you feel a little bit, a little bit of, it's a little bit of silt or sand, you know, mm. and a, a good portion, the, it's a little bit sticky, which means it has a little bit of clay in there. Mm. Okay. And uh, obviously, because of the brown coloring, mm. you know that there is a little bit of manure or organic matter within there. Okay. So, so this is could well. be, yeah, <laughs> this is could be a very good soil for, uh, for a farmer to work with. Okay. Not a lot of, uh, uh, sand, okay. You just feel the silt in there. Not a lot of sand. And it's wet. It's kind of watery. Uh, yeah, because this has been irrigated. So, so really, but the, the, the clay helps in holding the little bit of moisture. But you don't need a lot of clay because if it's a lot of clay, then it will crack as it dries out. Mm. Okay, and that's detrimental to the plant. Mm. So it has to be about, as we said, about thirty percent or less than thirty percent clay, mm. and about. 
60% of their percent loam soil and then the other component made by organic matter mm. and something like that. That's basically the best soils. You, you also talked about uh, not uh, putting gardens in hilly places. Yes. Steep. Yes. And I'm looking at uh, the whole of Western Uganda. Yes. Some, some part of Central yes, is yes. hilly and all that. Yes. So if I have. If an you have like that, what if you have to, an area like that, then you have to do measures. You have to undertake measures uh, to ensure that you don't have a lot of runoff or you divert the runoff. Because what happens the hilly area is if you planted and the rains come, they're going to wash away all that soil plus your seed with it okay so you have taken measures where you do terracing or you do burns to ensure that you, you you reduce the runoff or divert the runoff to areas so that you have water uh, penetrating down and not just washing away the soil. Yes. Yeah, so it's not in vain. It's not in, in vain. In yes. Place it it becomes a little bit costly for you, but that's what you, you have can to still do. Get yes. The beans. Yes. Interesting. We want to plant beans. We have identified land, but uh, what are those things I should look out for to see that to, to know that maybe my land needs more attention? Maybe it's not in the best state. What can I look at and say, okay, maybe I need to do something more on this land? Uh, initially, I told you that uh, in most cases, farmers know their lands mm. and they have a little bit of history mm. about their land. So the first thing the farmer should understand, look at or should familiarize him, himself or herself with is the, the previous crop. How did the previous crop look like? Was it a good yield? Was it a bad yield? If it was a bad yield and wasn't due to diseases, okay, then he should have looked at the crop. How was the crop? Was it a good crop? Was it a bad crop? That will tell you whether the, the, the soil is good enough or not. First timers, if I'm planting. Okay, first timers, when you go to the field, okay, you look at the plants that are existing there. Okay, there are some obvious uh, uh, plants like the fan. Mm. Uh, um, uh, I don't know what it's called in Luganda, but there's the fans. You know, um, they're, they're those crops, the particular plants that show us uh, or tell us a lot about what is happening in the soil. Okay, for example, those fans. I don't know exactly what they, they normally we find them. Can you describe it? What uh, uh, they are. They are um, <laughs> Uh, they are normally found at the water sides. Mm -hmm. They are they are like um, wavy plants, mm -hmm. okay, green in color. Like lilies. They almost water almost lilies. like water lilies, but uh, they have um, uh, they little bit have a solid leaf, but with uh, 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 with either sharp or whatever ventilations. Um, normally, when you see these plants. They normally identified with soil that are acidic. Okay. Then there is the Baganda called Kayuchiuch. That kind of plant tells you that this is a soil that is rejuvenating and normally very fertile in most cases. Where you find that sword grass or uh, uh, coach grass, mm. this is a soils that have been drained of nutrients mm. in most cases. Mm. Okay, where you find um, 
Comerina species in Nanda, those soils are normally very fertile. Okay, uh, so farmers in most cases have this bit of clue on uh, these particular uh, plants and 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 and, and, and uh, uh, that have a little bit of signage on whether soils are fertile or not. Now, if you see where you have uh, the kayuchi uchi bit, uh, those, those thorny bushes, they're called thorn, uh, thorny bushes, where you have the comedina species or nanda, uh, you know, those are really, really fertile soils. So those ones you can just, you know, uh, grow. Where you have things like uh, spear grass, where you have uh, olumbugu or kochi grass, those are soils that have been drained in most cases. And here you may need to do a soil test. Now, when you take your, your soils for tests, there are basically three or four things you are looking at. Okay? You are looking at the soil pH, how acidic or alkaline a soil is. Because most of uh, the beans require a semi-alkaline, about... Uh, uh, I mean, semi-acidic, uh, that's about about five, five to seven, okay? Okay. If you have below five, four, three, you know, those are normally very acidic soils. Mm. And if you have eight, nine, those are alkaline soils and may not be very good or so forth. So we need something close to seven, five, five, uh, two, six, and seven. We normally don't like very alkaline soils. The guidance on preparing for the upcoming planting season of beans continues with Dr. Stanley Kalbo, a plant breeder and geneticist at NARO. Today, we explored the history of beans, explored effective land preparation methods for the new season, and discussed the ideal soil conditions for successful bean cultivation. Dr. Nkalbo also provided insights on conducting soil tests and what factors to consider. That concludes our discussion for today. Next week, we will resume discussion and we'll focus on this series on land preparation ahead of the new bean planting season in March. I have been your host, Jackie Achan. Until next time, in the next episode, we shall talk about how you can choose the best seed variety for beans to plant come March. Thank you.